Corporation. Touchdown, Cortland Sutton over top of Micah Farrar, 29 yards. And with that, Cortland Sutton over 3,000 yards receiving. Behavior, no. They used to never want to hear us. I know. Remember? Muff never loved us. Remember? Muff. Remember? Muff never loved us. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Draft Daily. I'm really excited for this uh, podcast today. I brought in Nick Whalen. You can follow him on Twitter at underscore Nick Whalen. He's the creator of the Debbie Report. He's coming out with a new report called The Graduates. In his bio, he is known as the Corey Davis and Cortland Sutton truther, so I had to have him come on and talk Cortland Sutton. Nick, how are we doing today, man? Dude, great, man. I'm excited. Uh, I love talking football with you. We're, we're, we're film people. We wrong. Remember Deshaun Watson, but uh, I always love... Uh, chatting football with you so when you asked me about Sutton I was like oh I'm I'm in for sure I appreciate that man yeah we we're, let's let's jump right in with Sutton what are the things about Sutton that make you most excited Sutton's uh just pure ability to be flexible and be explosive at 64220 is just the first thing that pops off the tape for me it really reminds me of like Brandon Marshall in that way because most 64220 guys they have issues with their hips they have issues bending and adjusting to passes and getting out of breaks and making defenders miss. But Sutton can do all those things, and he's just huge, and it just is really rare. So that's that's my number one thing I love about him. He didn't play against top-level competition, and we'll talk about that TCU game in a bit. But one of the things that just stood out when you watch him, the second you throw him on, you're like, that guy is gigantic. He just looks bigger and faster than everybody else. And they would throw him these bubble screens, and you typically don't see that a lot at a 6'4", 220-pound guy's. And he would not just run through contact, like meet a guy and fall over. He would be running by guys or he would make people miss in space. And he looks like a really good athlete at 6'4", 220. And you don't get a lot of those guys in the NFL. And when they, when you do, they tend to end up being like Julio Jones. Now, I'm not comparing him to Julio Jones. I'm just saying it's a very rare athlete at 6'4", 220 that moves the way he does. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you there. And then they also threw jailbreak screens to him too, which is weird. Now you're coming into the middle of the defense on his screen. He reversed field on at least one that i saw so yeah they they definitely want to utilize him they knew he was a weapon and most of the time you're 6'4, 220 let's get down the field let's have you box out back shoulder fade run a deep dig but them throwing him the ball there just shows they trust his flexibility and athletic ability absolutely how do you feel about his route running i know that initially he had some um you know he kind of just relied on his size and athletic ability but i feel and this is one concern that i have i know people they say he can't separate when you're 6'4", 220, you're not going to separate like you're Anthony Miller in this class. You know what I mean? Or, or some of these small guys. You're just not. You're not small and quick, and that's not your game. But um, I th- I feel like he's expanded on that. He stems at the top of his routes. He uses his hands. I think he can use his hands more consistent at times with routes and effort. But I feel like he's really evolved there, and I see times where I see a pretty darn good route runner for 6'4", 220. Yeah, I think the, a fair way to describe it is inconsistent. There's certain times where you watch him and you're like, this, do this, just keep doing this. And there are other times you're like, you, you're, you're just kind of relying on your ability to try to go win a jump ball with somebody, uh, not really fighting through contact. But there are times where he runs right by people and he'll eat up cushion or a guy's playing you know, 10 yards off and he's running a quick comeback and, you know, he runs him off and hits him with a move that creates a nice throwing window for his quarterback. And, you know, one of the things people like to talk about is their numbers and how much these guys have done and that he played at lower level competition. So I want to bring up two things. 
One is that I think his numbers were pretty good considering the fact that his quarterback was awful. So he had two straight 1,000-yard seasons. This past year he had 68 catches for 1,085 yards, 12 touchdowns. His film is littered with him being open and the quarterback flat out missing him. So I know we were talking a little bit pre-show about TCU game, and I, w- I want you to hit on this because people are going to say, all right, how did he do when he stepped up in level of competition and went against TCU? Uh, you want you want to talk about what you saw when you watched that game? Uh, well, little little history here. TCU. Uh, he about two years ago really destroyed TCU. They they threw the ball up to him and he made them pay. One guy, two guys on him. And when you watch film of this this time against TCU, you're like, hey, that guy is not going to beat us. So they gave him a lot of attention. Whether double team bracketed, uh, they made sure they knew where Sutton was all the time. But there were many times where Sutton would stem the defender. I remember one specifically wide open, stems inside like he's going to go on a dig, goes right by him, overthrow him by like three yards. That would have been about a 40-yard touchdown. So there are many times he was open. But one of the other negatives that Sutton has is while he carries with him this big um, – he's a big personality. He's a competitor. He has some of that swag. He likes to talk trash. He gets frustrated, and he got frustrated in that game. And you can see it in his run block, and you can see him when he offensive pass interference at times. And he had that happen in that game too. So um, that's one thing I want to see him control a little bit more. Um, but you know, you had talked about you know two straight one thousand yard seasons. I mean, even his his first year, he went eight sixty two and nine touchdowns. I mean, he averaged over sixteen yards per reception three straight years, and he had. Was this twenty or thirty-one touchdowns in three years? That's pretty good. I think the TCU bracketing him point is just so important because when you watch the film, they literally had two players assigned to him every time, or sometimes three in the red zone. And when they didn't, he got open. And your point about him getting frustrated is, I think, a really good one because I think he handles frustration in different ways. Sometimes he gets pissed and just goes into Hercules mode and starts throwing the guy down, especially if the corner is the one that was talking to him and they run the football the next play. Like He becomes as monster as a blocker and just starts driving the guy back and will finish it and the whistle can blow and he's still trying to demolish this guy. And there are other times... We, we, call, that, we call that Greg Littling, right? Remember yeah, that? Yeah, I remember <laughs> that play. And then other times he gets frustrated and it, he almost like mentally checks out. And, like, he has a couple passes they go over his head, and he just kind of half-asses the next route. And, you know, he's going to need to get better at that. And it's something that a lot of wide receivers possess, right? They're, it's they We've seen Antonio Brown do it. We've seen Des Bryant do it, where they start throwing fits when they don't get the football. I think the Steelers won, like, a playoff game, and Antonio Brown was pissed he didn't get the football more. So that alpha dog, like, give me the football, I want to dominate mentality is something we've seen a lot of receivers, so it concerns me a little bit less. But I want him to play pissed off where he just kind of goes into that mode where he kind of tries to run through people as opposed to kind of take plays off. Do you do you think that's fair to say that he can develop that? You know, like at the end of the day, these kids are 22 years old. There's a lot of maturing I think they can still do. Right, and, that, and that's part of it. And I think the other part is when we're talking about this inconsistency to his game. I mean, you know, he was a safety recruit. You know what I mean? He's still developing as a receiver. He's at TC or SMU, I'm sorry. You got to think that he'll, he'll get better coaching. So I'm hoping that will develop. And I also hope that this maturity part will too. And again, there's a always that risk that it won't but again you know being younger and hopefully better quarterback play and not being overthrown all the time or thrown way outside when he releases inside I think I would get frustrated so I can understand how he would too so let's talk about his hands because I think it's one of the most hotly debated things with uh Sutton at the end of the day his drop rate back-to-back years was under seven percent so that's his his ability to catch a football isn't an issue but people talk about 
the fact that he can't high point a football, that he lets it get into his body, you know, that he kind of creates that triangle. I'm, I'm showing you that people can't see it, but you know what I'm talking about, where it kind of comes here and almost like hits him in the face. Uh, and that's a concern that people have. Is that a concern for you? I think it's overblown. I think that I, I, I've seen him high point the football. I've seen him box out and high point and use his body so the defender can't get to it, which is exactly what you want them to do. But the one area that concerns me in terms of his hands is when it's in kind of um, the interior of his chest to stomach area, he body catches most of those. I would rather he extend out and catch those. But I, I mean, there are times when he does drop a football. It happens. But I think he's trying to do a little bit too much. He's trying to turn and make a big play, which I kind of like when a big guy is trying to catch and make a big turn and play instead of just a catch and fall. But he, you know, that happens where he drops it. I don't see him juggling it often. I see him go really low to the ground and, and catch with his hands. Again, showing his flexibility, something most big guys can't do. So his hands aren't a big concern for me. Uh, they would be if, you know, his hands weren't strong and defenders were batting it down out of his hands or contested areas. I don't think he fully utilizes his frame as much as he could. I think, as you said, be Hercules. He could be more physical probably at catch point. But again, these are all small things that he can improve on that may, would take him, I think, from good to great. Agreed. I think that's that's the key is those contested catch situations. If he starts to play like Hercules, like we talked about it a minute ago, then that's where he can become this wide receiver that he's really hyped up to be by a lot of people. Because I think his ceiling is tremendous. I think he can develop that. Like you talked about, he was recruited as a safety, so he's still learning to play wide receiver. And he, you see the alpha dog mentality in certain situations. But if you're going to be six foot four, and you're not necessarily going to create yards of separation, you need to be able to kind of come down on those post-up situations where he's basically rebounding the football. He does extend certain plays, and then other plays, like you said, whenever it hits him in the frame kind of between the numbers, he, he almost catches it with his body exclusively, and that's the kind of thing where you're like, that can lead to drops. At the same time, you know, if you had a 6% drop rate, if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Like, right. The, the, if he's not dropping, the, he's not like a 20% drop guy where these the hands are this huge issue that some people make it out to be. I think he's going to get coaching. I think he's going to continue to develop, and I think he'll develop in that aspect of his game. Well, and, and like, yeah, like you said, I mean, there's many great receivers that have had bad drops. T.O., Dez, trying to think of there's 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 more guys that have just dropped. Brandon Marshall had drops. It, it happens, but it's so minute that it's not like they're not going to throw him the football because he drops the football, at, you know, at six or seven percent. And there are a few times when, again, being that marked guy in that offense where they've gone to him on fourth and five and he runs a slant and he's double teamed and still he catches the ball away from his body, shows his strong hands. And actually, I was, I was surprised he held onto the ball or he's right by the goal line and he gets physical. And that's the other part too is he, he can do that. He can body up with guys in there. He'll get hit. He'll extend out to cross a goal line. I mean, he's a tough guy. And, you know, if we're worried about he doesn't separate like Calvin Ridley and doesn't extend out and catch the fall perfectly, well, you're just looking for the perfect receiver, and there's none. In general, we need to stop doing that with prospects. We need to stop just saying that, okay, this guy's been hyped up a lot, so let me find a flaw. Okay, I found a flaw. He's not that good. And the other thing is not all receivers – are the same and this is something i know you've talked about on twitter and i've talked about on previous podcasts that a receiver is not a receiver that is a receiver they have they have different roles like a jarvis landry has a role on a team and you can't knock him for saying he has a bad a dot when everything is work underneath like you're not gonna necessarily say well 
Sutton, why are you not separating more? And he's kind of like, well, that's not my game. My game is not to run right by people. I'm not going to be the smooth route runner. You know, I'm not five foot eleven and kind of compact and have these amazing feet. That's not what I do to win. I win in other ways, and that's okay. Like, there's more than one win way to win. And the thing that's encouraging is that, you know, for a guy six foot four, two twenty, he does separate kind of well. Like, there are a lot of guys I've seen people not complain about their separation that don't separate as well as Sutton. So, do you have a comparison for him? Well, can I ask you a question for you, quick? Yeah, always. And, 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 I, and I don't want this to be like, you know, like that super, you know, Nick's bias, because I know Sutton's my guy and people know that. But when, when I look at the, the whole, his entire game and what he can do and what he's capable of, he's almost like the safest wide receiver prospect because he's big, he's a red zone threat, he's tough, he has a big catch radius, he can move really well, he's tough after the catch, can make guys miss. He's 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 pretty safe. Am I wrong there? Even though he is inconsistent, there's things he can improve on. I just see him as almost one of the safest guys in the, in the class. Ridley's my safest guy in the class just because I think that route running and smoothness and all that stuff translate incredibly well. But I do, I do think that you know, he is this high ceiling guy, but as opposed to a guy like Auden Tate, for example, or DJ Moore, where people talk about their ceilings, I think their floors are much, much lower than Cortland Sutton. Um, my my wide receiver rankings aren't finalized, but right now he's wide receiver two for me. He's kind of got a late first, early second round grade. Um, and, you know, as I continue to do more and more and the combine stuff comes out and you see different aspects of, of the process play out, he could move up. And um, I, I don't think that when I see people rank him like wide receiver seven or eight, I don't think that's justified based on what I see with him on film. Yeah, that's right. And I, I just have Ridley and him flipped, you know, and, and I think Ridley's a great prospect. I think people are severely, again, as you said, let's look at one weakness and let's just really tailor on it, you know. But yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, you were talking about a, a comp. I really just see Brandon Marshall with him. And I know that the, the thing that's tough, and I found this, and I don't know if you have as well, Elliot, is when, when people comp people, they think, okay, one, that's, that has to be their career arc, and that's not accurate. And they always think of like Brandon Marshall, like late career, the guy that can't move. Like early career Brandon Marshall was pretty darn athletic. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I'm hoping Sutton can be in the four, four, eight, four, five, two range. That's where I'm thinking he'll be. And that's kind of where Marshall was. You know what I mean? He's this guy, he's not a burner, but he's still, he's good enough, athletically can bend, and he can just kind of dominate with his size and, and flexibility. The other thing Marshall did incredibly well was he exploded out of a cut, right? If he put his foot on the ground, he'd get to that second gear really quickly. So I like that comparison for Sutton. And I'm with you on comparisons. And literally every podcast we have, I say at the end of comparisons before comparisons that we're not saying that this is the guy's career trajectory. We're talking about (laughs) certain traits that remind us of other players trying to allow people to kind of get a mental image of a player to compare him to. You know what I'm saying? Like it's – if I – if I throw out that someone has similar size to Julio Jones, I'm not saying that he's Julio Jones. I'm just trying to mention that little thing. So I think that's a really good point to hammer into people's head because I don't want Sutton three years from now to be a good, not great player. And people are like, you said he's Brandon Marshall. Why is he not Brandon Marshall? So I, I think that's a fair comparison for sure. I, I see a little Devonte Adams in him. I think he's bigger than Adams, but just in terms of a guy that had – a little bit of a developmental curve, but has kind of really come on strong in the red zone. He can do stuff after the catch. I think your Marshall comparison is probably better than my Adams comparison, but that's one of the people that popped into my mind. That might be like a small school thing that I did as well, but kind of a, a similar game. So I, I like your Marshall one. It's probably better than mine. 
Yeah. And in talking about the the comps though, I, I think that's why we're friends. We we think in a similar way and we do we do film stuff. That's why this is easier to, to chat than other people. Yeah, like I, I'm not gonna just type into mockdraftable.com and say, okay, so he ran a similar forty time to this guy, so this is his comp because I think there's a lot more to it. And you're basically trying to describe different nuances in his game and the Marshall thing Correct. makes sense because you know at six foot four he was really good after the catch. He had some drop issues. I think Sutton hands are probably better naturally, and he developed into that contested catch receiver and a big play guy so i i think a lot of that makes a lot of sense and you know the way i'm describing that to me reminds me a little bit of Devontae adams career trajectory where after a year or two people were like oh this guy sucks and now he just right. got a ton of money and is the packers number one receiver so right do you have an ideal landing spot for Sutton? you know what's funny is uh, um because you had told me that was one of the things you wanted me to, to look into and you know it would be great again i'm a bears fan. it'd be great if he went into chicago you know and he's paired up with trubisky or if he took over and Des left and he's in Dallas, because you know they're both run games where he can really help with that run game and blocking, and he can be the kind of the number one. And the other one I thought of, ironically, is Green Bay. If he was opposite Adams, they got rid of Jordy. And I mean, you could just see Rodgers just taking advantage of that catch radius and his ability to to just dominate with his size, you know. So those those are kind of the three that popped out. I mean, I know there's a hole there. But for the love of me, I do not want to see Joe Flacco throwing him the football. It would just really pain me. He gets a draft. I mean, even if he went that high, I would be excited to see my guy. I'm like, oh, not Joe Flacco. That's hilarious. We had uh, Mike Tagliere on the podcast earlier this week to break down Calvin Ridley. And he's like, everyone keeps mocking receivers to the Ravens. But the last thing I want to do is see any receiver I like go to the Ravens. So twice on this podcast, we've ripped Ravens, uh, the Ravens offense. And you know what? Ravens fans who listen are probably like, yeah, no, that makes sense. Our offense is pretty bad. Um <laughs> I love the Dallas one. I really do. I think he would he would be a great transition from Des Bryant. You know, if he can't separate, great. I mean, Dak's going to be like, this is nothing new. Des doesn't separate as is. And Matt Harmon just came out with this thing that Dak was actually the best contested catch thrower in the NFL this past year statistically. So I think that would be a really good fit. Um, and I would really like his, you know, ability after the catch in Dallas. I think they need a lot of that on the outside. And if And if the Packers cut... Cobb and Nelson they're definitely cutting one but if they cut both you know he would fit awesomely um and Aaron Rodgers ability to extend plays and his ability to win down the field I think I think those are two really really good fits and I I wouldn't mind seeing him in San Francisco he'd probably have to go in the second round to go in San Francisco but I think Shanahan could develop him into an off a big time playmaker and get those vertical shots downfield and have Jimmy G kind of develop that chemistry with a young stud receiver. And the other thing with, with Dallas to think about is he's a Texas guy. He's from Texas. He went to SMU. I mean, they, he's right in their back doors. So you'd think they've, they've had a really good look at him. Yeah, and, it, and you talk about a guy that gets frustrated and needs to learn how to deal with that. Learning from Des Bryant and have him talk about, like, listen, this is what I did, kid. Like, try to figure it out. <laughs> like, that, to me... That, that works for that aspect of his game, too. <laughs> That's funny. Nick, I just really want to thank you for coming on, man. I love talking receivers with you and, and just football in general. Uh, why don't you tell the people where they can find you? Yeah, no, I've, I've had fun. I appreciate you having me on. I was honored. Um, yeah, so Twitter, at underscore uh, Nick Whalen. Um, I co-host the Dynasty Trade Calculator podcast. You guys can find uh, that over there. And then also... Uh, the Devry report that'll be coming out later because I'm working on the graduates and that should be out within a week or two. I'm hoping pre combine so people can get a, an idea of film uh, about guys before uh, you know they see the underwear Olympics. Yeah, I'm 
that report is going to be more entertaining than the underwear Olympics. I can promise you guys that. It's something you definitely want to check out. Guys, he's Nick Whalen. I'm Elliot Chris. You're listening to the Draft Daily uh, Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Draft Daily Pod. Subscribe, rate, review. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. As always, guys, thank you for tuning in. Trouble water, ice in my muddy water. Rich off a mixtape, got rich off a mixtape. Probably shouldn't be driving, it just got so much harder. Can't even see it straight, I can't even see.